Hi, I'm Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, welcome, Alan. It's good to see you again. Always good to see you, Mark. How, uh, how are things going? Uh, it's been busy as always. I don't know. I, I don't think there's been a week where I said, oh, you know, I didn't really accomplish very much and it's been really laid back. It's been, it's been busy. This has been a, a really uh, event-filled, lots of work to do 2021. How about you? Busy, very busy on a really wide range of stuff going on, you know, ranging from, uh, you know, different stuff at work on a, on a wide range of projects to mm -hmm. tackling new, new voice stuff and trying things out. Yeah. So it's, and it's, I've had a lot of that. I've had a lot of uh, things that are, are new or get to expand kind of uh, my toolbox or challenge me on how I'm going to solve this, this problem at work and also on side projects and, you know, and as you know, uh, just recently I've uh, re-released changes to a picture guesser, changing over from display templates to APL. We talked a little bit about that. We talked about um, that a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, and, and then, but, I've, uh, but I've seen that even since then, you've done some some additional upgrades. Yeah, so I have uh, done a, a number of different things. In fact, actually, uh, um, Katie um, on her. Um, Twitch uh, stream today did some games and she also she went through picture guesser again kind of looking at some of the new ah, changes and and she I has a couple of yeah she has a couple of uh more things that, that she found uh <laughs> drat yay you know kind of like um, no, no it's, it's always great you know one of the the big things we talk about when testing it is is getting it in front of a bunch of people yeah to make sure that you've got you know the the whole coverage um, set up. And that's even more critical when it comes to voice because people can say things in, you know, all sorts of different ways, but people also have all sorts of different accents and you never know how something will be picked up or understood by one person and not another. Or just the way that they use it as slightly different than the happy path that you envision. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's been good. So I'll, I'll, I'll just go really quickly through some of the, the changes that a lot of them are kind of design and flow changes. Um, wasn't really a lot of uh, code. One of the things I did notice though, that, you know, I guess that would impact you as a developer uh, designing is I um, used an APL component where it would show um, three images across and then that would be like row one, row two, row three. And so it would scroll up. And, um, and you know, I have a, a couple of Echo devices, uh, one of them being the Echo Show 5, which has, you know, limited uh, vertical um, screen real estate. And I was noticing that it was, it was showing the three different, uh, like a, an album. And, and um, so you get, start off with seven albums. Uh, a, a couple of them are free and some of them, you, you know, the rest of them you can buy. And then you go into an album and you get a list of uh, photos that are inside of the album. And each of those is, is really a puzzle until you solve it. And then you've got the, the photo that you can look at. And they're uh, typically they come in two varieties, five or 10 images um, in an album. And then when you go into um, a specific photo, then it, then it opens up the, the puzzle screen. So there's an APL screen for you know, the welcome screen and the exit screen. There's an APL screen for listing your albums listing the photos in an album and then the individual puzzle screen. So those are, are, you know, the different APL screens. Um, no, but no, I was no, yeah, I've, I've got a question about that by itself. Yeah. 
So how do you control which APL screen is being shown at a time? That's just by uh, returning as part of it the, the full APL document and the, the data that you want to go into the template? Yeah, exactly. So there's a directive, um, a specific directive for uh, returning an APL document. And so you just include that uh, in your response um, as part of the you know what you're returning back. You're already returning back the uh, the message that you're saying and any of the you know reprompt um, mm -hmm. information, and then you can also return back a document that uh, there's a token like a, a unique identifier for that screen that you can give, and that actually comes back as part of the the request anytime that that screen is up. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so so, so you, you know, know what you know which APL screen is being shown at a time. Yeah, and it's in some cases it's I, I what I've noticed I think is that if uh, so an APL screen is made up of, well, is itself kind of a, it's a document that um, you have like a root container, which is a, is a type of component. And that's, that's like a non-visual, just kind of a layout um, component. And then inside of that, you can put uh, buttons and, you know, um, headers and, and, and different things. Um, there are a number of uh, responsive templates, and that's what it, one, of, one of the things I've used for the first two screens is just a, a specific type of list screen that you provide data saying, this is the image, uh, and, well, an array of, this is the image, this is the primary text, secondary text, and it builds the control itself. Um, and so you just return that document. But what I, I have noticed is if you name components or give them a specific ID, in the request coming back in, you actually get additional data about that component. Um, I think even like encoded like where the position is on the screen and some other information. I'm, I haven't necessarily used that, um, but there's also some information that comes in as part of the request that gives you actually additional information. Um, I guess if you were wanting to record some of that, like what what's the viewport size? So what's the, you know, how many pixel height mm -hmm. width it is and some additional things. So you actually get quite a bit of information. Uh, they don't go down to the level of like, this is an Echo Show 5 or they, they kind of group things by hub sizes, yeah. So like there's a hub small, hub medium, hub large, TV. Um, so there's different viewports that you can also check and kind of there are cases I conditionally change things around based on TV is kind of a different animal in some, in, in some ways you get a lot more screen, but the, you know, DPI is different. And so yeah. the back button works differently too on a, <laughs> on a TV from the other, other ones. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but yeah, so that's, that's, um, uh, a lot of the work that I had done previously, at, you know, to kind of get things out by the end of uh, August, so that uh, we could, you know, I could you make know, when, sure that when display <laughs> templates got killed, you know, when the the cards got killed, you had yeah, there. so they had something going and already figured out. So that's that's kind of where things were. I think the last time we talked. So since then, I had noticed that um, I, I kind of still think about like in web terminology, where you've got things that are above the fold and below the fold. So like when you first see your screen. What do you see? And then what do you have to scroll to mm -hmm. see? So I'd still think uh, quite a bit in that that way, that depending on which screen you're on, then on those list screens, the, the images were, were fairly big for what the album was or the photos in the album. And so you really only see one row 
and you'd see three across. And so there wasn't really a good indication. Hmm. There is no scroll bar. So you don't really know that there is more stuff if you don't necessarily go look for it, or if you're not used to that scroll mm -hmm. metaphor. Plus there's no really affordance that tells you, is it a right left scroll or an up down scroll? That's an interesting point. Is it a carousel or a left? Yeah. Kind of thing. And yeah, so, um, yeah. So what I ended up doing is I was concerned that people would think that there were only three albums as opposed to seven. <laughs> and so I did something simple. I just added to the title where it says uh, like albums. I just said seven albums. So I just did a count of the, how many albums there were. Same thing on the photos um, screen listing how many photos there were. So there was a place that you could see like, oh, there's more mm -hmm. of these, these things. So, so how did you get people to be able to scroll down? So um, in this case, I just actually changed the, the number of uh, components across the screen from three to four, which then made everything smaller, which then crouched up the next row. Ah, so okay. that got cut off at the bottom. So it was kind of a hint that you could, that there was more so there. there. Was more. So, okay. So if they wanted to see that more, how would they, they do so? I mean, so I, you know, I assume they could swipe on the screen. Yep. Is there a voice first way of doing that? Yep. You um, actually, there's a scroll up, scroll down, scroll right, scroll left. And you just have to have your skill implement that, have that in the language model, but you don't have to implement it in code. It, APL just picks that up automatically once you've defined okay. those. So you have to define the intent, but you don't have to set up any handlers for it. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I did work on kind of a, an idea and um, I've, published this out on APL Ninja, this idea of like a, a, a button or something that would be in the bottom right corner of the scroll area to kind of indicate, oh, you can scroll down. And then mm -hmm. when you scroll, it goes away. And when you scroll back up to the top, it reappears. Or if you tap it, it goes, it moves things up a page. Playing with the idea of, of adding that to, to picture guesser as well. Okay. So that was one new addition. What else? Um, so that was the more the main changes I think from the that perspective as far and make sure people knew that there were photos and albums there. Uh, the next thing that I did is um, on some of the screens um, there's enough width, but there's you know still once again the, the height is kind of constrained and so there's already a, um, a header in the top and I had a, a portion where there was a question like. Um, because all my albums are themed. So like uh, if you pick an animal's album, then the question is uh, uh, what animal is this or what's the animal? Um, and instead of taking the, uh, having the main body that's scrollable have that text in it, I moved that up to the center position in the header. So you've got like on the left-hand side, you've got the, uh, a back button to take you to the previous screen. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if it's the list photos, I've got the, the name, kind of the title of the current screen. In the middle, I've got the question to be asked on the right-hand side, you've got your coins and some score value. Mm -hmm. um, so did that, that gave me a little bit, that, you know, in essence, another row worth of information or space available so I could make the puzzle a little bit bigger. Um, because what I was noticing on the Echo Show 5 is that there's a button at the end, at the bottom that um, that you can tap or you can say, you know, guess, guess puzzle. Um, and that's, you can just say the answer uh, while you're doing it. Cause you could either say remove tile, specific tile, or you can say 
um, Guess or um, Is It a Badger? Mm -hmm. I don't know, <laughs> whatever, right? Um, so you can do all of those things, but um, I wanted to give more clues on uh, on what things could be said, or, or if you just don't know what to do at all, you can click the button. Like, okay, I, I think I know what it is. What do I do? Um, instead of trying to explain, okay, well, in order to do that, then you do this and you do that. I just gave them a button that you can, you know, tap. Um, and so when you, when, it, when you tap the button or just say guess, then, then it will repeat the question, like, what's the animal? And then, then the microphone opens up and that's, that's also kind of a nice transition back into, because uh, you have to give the answer via voice, but you mm -hmm. might have been doing all this tapping stuff. And so how do you, and, and you get, you, know, you get 30 seconds after you do your last tap before things go down. So you can, uh, before the, the skill exits, so that you can tap something, wait a little bit, tap another tile, wait a little bit, tap. So you can be in tapping mode where it, and actually I, I do some stuff when you're, when you're doing that, that I don't actually ask a question when I open the microphone back up I just let you keep tapping stuff mm -hmm. and then at some point you're like oh I think I know what it is and then you can tap the the buttons for like what's the question and it will ask you the question you can give it so that button wasn't being scrolled up to the uh, up high enough it was sometimes it was going below the fold so made sure that that we had some space there so that was kind of the the other thing um, but the big change was and I've wanted to do this for um, a while. I haven't ever um, done it. Is that Alexa came out with the ability to mark a slot type as multi-valued? Oh yeah. Um, and so the way that the, the well the only place that it's implemented in Picture Guesser is that you you can remove tiles by saying like remove tile one or remove one or just say one. Um, and so when you do that, then it removes the tile and, you know, then microphones opened up again and you can say the mm -hmm. next, next one. Well, um, with this multi-value slot, uh, you know, the, that intent only has one slot type, which is the tile number. Um, so I just mark tile number as multi-slot. Um, and so then now, instead of the typical thing that I would get back as part of the input that would come in, in the request I get an additional data structure and it's it either marks it as a, uh, a simple or a list slot type. And then underneath there, if it's simple, it's just an, an, a a, a, an individual object. And if it's a list, it's got multiple of those objects, but then you can start seeing, oh, okay. Um, I've got multiple one of these things. And the way that that works on the user side of things, um, it doesn't work. Well, what you would typically do is like if you were ordering pizza, I'd, you'd say, I would like uh, pepperoni, cheese, and, you know, anchovies or whatever, right? I was afraid you were going to say anchovies. Yeah. Well, I'd, my, my, my bad joke back when I was delivering pizza and people would ask me what my favorite type was, I told them that would be um, jalapenos and anchovies, which was definitely two things I would not want individually or together or on pizza. But um, <laughs> that's... That's beside the point. So what it was, and that works pretty good with words like that. And what you do in that case, you'd get three different slot values. You get a list um, object coming back with three items in it, and then you could see, uh, oh, this is you know the different the different values. Um, numbers don't work quite as well um, <laughs> as that because you could like like when you're doing a pin or something like that, you could do one, two, three, four. So now is that 
the number one, two, three, four, right. or is it so? So you have to use and in between every word. So you could do multiple. You could say one and two and three and four. I've tested that, <laughs> and uh, uh, and that and it works. Um, but as long as you're you know, doing just a couple of them, then um, it's it's pretty easy. So um, what's was it was really fairly slick because I could just end up saying, oh, is this a simple type or is this a list type? And I just had to convert my code so that everything handled uh, was an array instead of a single item. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the item, the array could just have one item in it, but then it would loop things through things. And what I would do is I would, um, I have to check to see um, of all the, the numbers that you've said, I'm going to go ahead and exclude ones that the tiles have already you know, disappeared for. Point, yeah. And uh, ones that are invalid values. So like if you say zero or, you know, and your tile boards can have nine, 16 or 25 tiles on them. So you have to check to see which type of, you know, board it is. But if it's above that number, then I just exclude those as well. So then I get a list of these are the, you know, the ones that, <laughs> that actually count. Mm -hmm. um, and if the number is zero, then I, I give a message like, oh, those, uh, you've already used those, you know, you've, those tiles are already removed or something. Um, if um, the values, well, and I also have to check if the, if the values that come back, all of them are outside of the bounds, then I give a message that's saying, hey, you know, pick something, you know, between one and 25. Um, but <laughs> finally, if uh, let's say that I've, I said two, two tiles and they haven't been removed before. So now I have an array that has two items in it. Um, interestingly enough, and I wasn't sure how this was going to work because what you do when you're sending, I've, I've created a command in my APL that says remove tile and it has a parameter, which is the number of the tile to remove. Mm -hmm. And so when I tap it on the screen, that just happens locally. It just says, "Oh, I'm 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 intercepting the button press, so I'm going to go ahead and remove tile for the number that I just barely tapped." But I'm also can have code on the server, so when I do a voice um, interface that says "remove tile one," then I return back my document and I return back a, a different directive that is a you know execute command uh -huh. directive that says this is the same command name, custom command name that I gave, which was remove tile. And here's the, here's the number of the, the tile I want to remove. So in the end, the code to remove the tile and do the visual part exists in the APL. And it's either called locally when I tap locally or from the server down to the client when I'm using voice. Now, how does that code, what, what is that code written in? I mean, is it, is it JavaScript? It's, is it? It's JSON. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm having trouble articulating a question here. Um, <laughs> is I'm what I mean? What 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 can you do with it? I, <laughs> it's actually fairly powerful because we'll take a little side note, but let's, but let's put a pin in the fact that I I have, still have to tell you what happens when I say multiple. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but we're going to put a pin on that point um, because I do want to say at the high level, um, APL is JSON. It's JSON that 
can evaluate expressions. So think of like your handlebars expression where you can have some code sprinkled throughout the template. Mm -hmm. You can do that, but it's really more of um, accessing properties or you know calculating values. But it does have a smattering of of JavaScript functions like uh, math.random or math.ceiling or... Do, do we have, you know, loops and conditionals in it? You don't in the sense that um, that's handled a different way. So like, let's say that I have a component, uh, let's say that it's a container and... Um, uh, I've got my data. So I've got my, my JSON, which represents my document. And I've got my JSON, or it represents the data that I'm passing to that document. And let's say if in that data that I'm passing, there is a property on there, which is of type array, which then has an object for each item in the array. And maybe that has like an ID and a value. And so okay. I'm going to show on the screen a list of values. What I can do at that component level is, uh, the container component level, I, there's a data property. I can assign the data property of that con container component to the property inside of my data JSON, which is the array. Uh -huh. So then what I can do kind of a la um, way templating stuff works is I can have a child because every component can have an items collection where it has one or more child items in it. So now in the, the, the parent container control, I could create um, a component, let's say it's a text component, and I could bind that to the name property. But because the parent has the array as the thing that it's bound to, then the child, I can just do the properties of the individual child objects, so like, like name. And so what happens is then, and I only have to do that once. Uh -huh. And then what it's going to do is it's going to repeat that automatically. Say, so, so it creates one child for each element in the array. Right. Huh. And okay. there's, and there's, yeah. And there's also a, um, and that's items. And the, I think there's like, a, there's one for like the first item and the last item too. So you could do something different for the first or the last items. So that so that's so that's how you kind of do the looping and do like uh, list controls based on the the templating of it. And and how did you take advantage of this for picture get? Because it sounds like you must have used this when you so so I'm guessing that mm -hmm. if I said you know remove three and four, it's sending down an array with three and four. And it maps that in your function and calls the function twice. Actually, it's, uh, so I thought I might have to do that, but I I, I tried something different, uh, and it worked. And so I'm going with it. Um, so when you return back a response from your skill code, you can return back a directive, and it's actually a directives array. Typically, there's only one thing in that directives array. And it's the object, it's the document of what is, what's your APL. Mm -hmm. But I had told you that there's a second type of directive for when I'm sending a command from the server to be handled on the client. So mm -hmm. a command is really just a JSON object that has a custom name. And then 
there's a there's an array inside of there where there are some specific commands I can do like set property or play sound or so I just you know structure things up um, and inside of that. So what happens on the server side? Since I'm already going through a loop and I've got two items that are on the server side that says, oh, he said one and two, then I just add two directives to that directives array that is the same command with two different parameters for okay. one and two. So, and things get processed sequentially on the client side. So, and, and, and it's the client side that when I tap on it and it executes the, the remove tile command where it plays the sound ding that, they, that I've removed the tile, right? So it worked out really nice. I say, remove one and two. And then all of a sudden I say, bing for one, bring for two, and I'm good to go. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty funny. I was like, I wasn't sure how uh, much time it was going to take. You know, so I, I had a, a, a one, I'd, I had to understand what the, the structure was on the JSON side on the input to, to you know, well, how are they handling multi-values now? Um, then I had to figure out, okay, so how do I get to that inside of Jovo? Uh, with, but they've, they've handled that really nicely as well. They've got kind of some convenience properties um, on this input object. So you have like input uh, dot, well, it's like it's basically request that input dot um, the name of the the slot, um, and so they have some convenient stuff that's right off of there. But you could also do dot what is it Alexa skill, and so then you get to exactly what Alexa had passed you, mm -hmm. and so then I was able to just get right into to that and figure that out. So that probably took the most time. Then I, you know, had handled the extra condition about well, what happens if I do things out of bounds um, or say things that have already been uh, tiles that have already been removed. So those were, you know, I handled that situation, and then I'm like, well, this is already in a loop. Directives is an array. Let's just see. What that happens. makes sense. <laughs> and, it, and it worked. I was like, okay, cool. And you know, total like beginning to end, it probably took about 30 minutes to, to figure and implement. And I'm pretty happy how it turned out. I'm 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 liking the fact that you can remove multiple tiles via voice. Yeah, that's very nice. Um, any other big changes came with that that you want to talk about? Uh, no, those were the those were the <laughs> the big ones. That, um I, I did do a, a, another change where when you're inside of the picture puzzle, um, the only button that shows up is uh, when you're ready to guess, like, what is it? Or mm -hmm. uh, guess puzzle. But once you solve it, nothing else was on the screen other than the back button. So in essence, you'd had to go manually go back to the album to then pick the next picture. So I added a new uh, toolbar or button bar to replace the where the uh, guess puzzle button was. Mm -hmm. I've got one that takes me back to my albums. So it's just labeled my albums. So it, it skips two levels back and goes to my albums and starts over at the very beginning. And the next one is a next button. So when you do the next button, it just advance to the next puzzle. It just affects to the next puzzle. If that puzzle has been solved, it just shows you the, the picture and says, you know, I, I'm glad that you've already solved this puzzle. Um, and it's got the same, uh, back to my albums and next. Mm -hmm. Now, if it, it, when you hit one that you haven't solved, then those buttons aren't there. It's the guest puzzle. And so you, then you 
solve the puzzle, but then you can go right next. And then when you're at the very last one and you do next, it takes you back to your album with all of your pictures. Um, at that point, you can um, look at your pictures. Um, or go to uh, a different album. Or go oh. to a different album. Yeah. So, so I kind of streamlined that flow. Uh, so hopefully keep people in. It's like, oh, I solved the next one. Oh, next. And just kind of keep them in there as yep. opposed to back and then back in the back. So. No, sounds very, very cool. Yep. Um, you know, I think one of the, the interesting things that that I found kind of interesting from it is this notion of, uh, you know, just saw this feature, wanted to try it, integrated it, tried something that was new, and it worked in 30 minutes. So that I think that notion of uh, just experimenting yeah. is really a big hallmark of, of things that we do a lot with voice. And I thought that was interesting to learn about. Yeah, and it's it's nice when that happens because that kind of counters all the times where you think it's <laughs> going to take an hour and it takes you three or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd I'd love to hear from our listeners. What are the sorts of things that you know you've just kind of poked at and experimented with, and mm -hmm. you know they worked out or they didn't work out. You know, it uh, didn't work the way you thought it would, and um, you know we'd love to hear your your thoughts and your feedback. Yeah, thank you for uh, watching and listening. We really appreciate you being here. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, everybody. Have a good yeah. week, Mark. Yeah, you take care, Alan, too. Thanks.